The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 296. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at Brian McClanahan. Like my Facebook page, at Brian McClanahan. And, of course, subscribe to my YouTube page, where you can watch this podcast, at Brian McClanahan. You'll find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address, and I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title, read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to mclanahanacademy.com, mclanahanacademy.com. It's always free to enroll. When you do enroll, you get a free course, so check your email after you enroll, or just click on that 10 Myths of American History. That course is free of charge. It is my gift to you for becoming a subscriber, and subscribers do get the best deals on forthcoming courses. And if you're listening to this on the day this podcast is released, that is March 11th, 2020, Today is the day a new course drops. Now, if you are a subscriber, you are going to get a good deal on that course. So you want to be a subscriber right now. This course is going to be awesome. and It's going to actually fit in with what I'm talking about today. It is awesome. You're going to love this course. So go to mclanahanacademy.com, subscribe, get the deal. Also, you can support the show by going to brianmclanahan.com forward slash support. You can throw a few pennies my way, help keep the lights on, help keep the podcast going. You can also click on that shop tab on my page. You can get your Brian McClanahan Show logo and all kinds of cool stuff. It's a great way to support the show and advertise the show. And always remember, please share this podcast around on social media. If you like this show, let people know about it. It's the only way we're going to think locally and act locally. Organic growth is the best. Also, rate it wherever you get your podcast. And if you want something that you want me to talk about, Send me your recommendations. Send me your requests. Make this show better. Of course, it has to be something I can talk about for about 30 minutes, but I do read them. I do digest them. I do think about them, so send them over to me, and I do appreciate all of your interaction for the program. Okay, well, let's talk about the topic, and it's going to be executive government, but more important, Joe Biden. What does Joe Biden mean for the 2020 election? What does this Joe Biden-Bernie Sanders split mean for the 2020 election? And what does this mean for the future of the United States in terms of politics, party politics? Where are we going? So I'm going to make some predictions on some things, and we'll see if they hold up. I made a prediction earlier on that hasn't held up because I did not see, personally, Joe Biden coming out of nowhere to win the nomination. I think clearly something happened behind the scenes. You had all of these different candidates, the powers that be decided, and I think probably Obama had something to do with this, decided that they could not be so factionalized and win the 2020 election. And so the deal was cut. Joe Biden would be the guy. All these people stepped aside very quickly, probably on promises that there will be some seat for them in the administration because Joe Biden is not going to be running the show. I think that's pretty clear. There was also probably some deal cut as to who Joe Biden would get to pick for his vice president. Because that's the person that I think the Democrats are going to rally around. Because Joe Biden has already said he's only going to serve one term. 
He'll be in there for four years, but he's going to be an empty suit. Joe Biden is not going to matter for the Democrats post-2025 if he wins the election. What's going to matter for the Democrats is who is in the vice presidential seat. And this is where I think the Democrats are going to try to appease the hard left of the party. Because that is the future of the Democrat Party. Without question. Without question. The future of the Democrat Party is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Rashid Tlaib, and all these other people in the squad, or Stacey Abrams in Georgia. What's happening right now, though, with Joe Biden, of course, is that you have a situation where the Democrats realize that they can't win because young people don't turn out to vote. And young people don't turn out to vote, but young people do eventually become older people who turn out to vote. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, these people are going to be, believe the same things they do when they get to be 30 in their 30s and 40s or 50s, but I think that the writing on the wall is pretty clear. They probably will. So what we have right now is Joe Biden appealing to the old baby boomers. I mean, he is a baby boomer. Uh, or not really. I mean, he's, he's a little bit too old to be a boomer. Um, but appealing to that segment of the population, those in their 60s and 70s, who are not happy with the left lurch of the Democrat Party. They don't think that Bernie Sanders is very good for the party. He's also going to be the candidate that's believed to be able to bring in the never-Trumpers. So a prediction I made about three weeks ago was that Bernie Sanders would get the nomination because I thought that the Bernie bros would have enough muscle to get Sanders through, I was wrong about that. You see, Bloomberg spent $600 million to try to become the Bernie Sanders. And of course, I'm sorry, the, the Joe Biden. And of course, that didn't work out for Bloomberg. So what I predicted was that Sanders would get the nomination and Bloomberg would run as a never Sanders, never Trump candidate, as a third party candidate. Now, of course, he dropped that. Of course, Bloomberg's in the same situation as Biden. He's a little more with it than Biden. Biden is suffering from early-stage dementia. I don't think there's any question about this. He is not with it. And he's always been a liar. I mean, the press used to call him out on this. So I'm going to talk about that in a minute, what this means for the election. But I thought Bloomberg would run as a third party, and of course Trump gets the nomination for the Republicans, which I believe would have put Trump back in the executive office. Now, that didn't materialize. So Bernie Sanders has now said that if Joe Biden wins the nomination... He's going to support Joe Biden. I'm not so certain that his supporters will support Joe Biden because what I think is shaking, shaping up, and of course, um, this is not, I'm not telling you anything that you probably haven't already figured out, but the Bernie bros are the real wild card in all this. They're the real wild card because do they even show up on election day? You see, they are the Trump supporters of the Democrat Party. They are the basket of deplorables in the Democrat Party. The Democrats want to distance themselves from the, from the Bernie bros because these people are hard socialists. So, Or you have the Tulsi Gabbard supporters. Not a lot of them, but you still have the anti-war Democrats. Do they fit within a Joe Biden candidacy? And I'm not so certain Tulsi Gabbard is just going to tuck her tail between her legs and say, I'm, I'm going to support Joe Biden. She's still fighting because Tulsi Gabbard realizes that the war party and the Democrats are now in control. And that is her major issue. 
On domestic policy, policy, she's more in line with, say, you know, Bernie Sanders on many issues than Joe Biden. Joe Biden, um, I, I, well, I say that, Joe Biden is going to do whatever the Democrats tell him to do. And if the Democrat base tells him to become uh, Bernie Sanders light, he's going to do it. That is if he can remember to do it. What you're seeing is a carefully controlled campaign developing. And how Joe Biden is going to be portrayed by the media how Joe Biden is going to be portrayed by his handlers, and what the Democrats are going to allow him to do on the campaign trail. You're already starting to see it. But that said, will the Bernie bros support Joe Biden? Will Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez support Joe Biden? Will Rashid Tlaib support Joe Biden? Will the squad support Joe Biden? Because you see, the squad is not in lockstep with the establishment Democrat Party. Bernie Sanders is not in lockstep with the establishment Democrat Party. And I think you see this with Cortez not giving up some of the money she's raised in campaigning to the Democrat Party. She's keeping it for herself so she can distribute that around candidates that she likes. Not that the Democrats necessarily like, but she likes. So Sanders has said he'll support Biden, but I'm not so certain his supporters will. And of course, you have a large number of Democrats who Michael Malice calls being red-pilled Democrats. I mean, these people have woken up. They've realized that the fix is in. The fix was in in 2016, but the fix is clearly in in 2020 because the establishment Democrats don't believe that Bernie Sanders can win the presidency. And I think they're right about that. I don't think Bernie Sanders could have won. So they've gotten, they've rallied behind Joe Biden as a never-Sanders, never-Trump candidate. Will the Bernie Sanders people show up on Election Day? And if they don't show up on Election Day, is that going to hurt Joe Biden? Bernie Sanders, of course, does not get the black vote in the Democrat Party. This was clear in every state where you had a substantial number of African Americans who voted in the Democrat primary. They were not supporting Bernie Sanders. They did support Joe Biden. For whatever reason, I don't know. But they did support Joe Biden. And I think uh, that's, of course, going to be a wild card. And so if he does pick someone like Stacey Abrams to be his vice presidential candidate, which of course was floated way back when Joe Biden announced his intention to run, he had already discussed Stacey Abrams as his VP. And I think that would be the move, or maybe Kamala Harris or someone like that, that would be the move that would almost lock up a good chance of high participation among black voters, particularly in the South. And of course, that's going to mean good things for the Joe Biden campaign. I mean, if he has that voting electorate locked up simply based on race, which Democrats are identitarian, so that means that you're going to have to vote for someone because of how they identify. Um, I think this means that Joe Biden is going to have quite a lot of success in the South. I don't think he's going to win any Southern states, but what about other parts of the, I mean, he, well, I say he could win Virginia. He could win Florida. He could win Georgia, potentially. Um, is he going to win other states? And this is where we're going to get to the carefully crafted message, which I'll talk about when we get in the, uh, after the break here in a few minutes. But again, will the Bernie bros, like for example, California, I've talked about California secession quite a bit. Are the California secessionist people going to rally around Joe Biden? 
Are they going to, these, these are far left people, are they going to rally around Joe Biden? Are they going to say Joe Biden is the guy that's going to bring us our left wing utopia? Now, I think if enough concessions are made about who Biden is going to bring into his candidate, into his cabinet, of course, he's already talked about Robert O'Rourke as being his gun czar, whatever that means. Again, this is executive government. This is where the danger comes in. Will these people support Joe Biden? So let me talk about this executive government thing, because this actually bridges into the newest class that I have coming out today, I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. The newest class is the American presidents. It is a review of all 44 men who served in the executive branch, rated as how they upheld their oath of office, by how they upheld their oath of office. So this is the premise of my book, Nine Presidents Who Screwed Up America, Now I've given you all 44 men who served in the executive branch. That book had 13. I've given you 44 in this class. Plus an additional president, a bonus president that wasn't a president under the United States Constitution, but was an American president. I've got a presentation on him as well. If you know me, if you know what I do, you're going to probably know who that is. But he's in there as well. And of course, I talk about what we can do about executive government. But this is the problem. Even if the Republicans hang on to the Senate, even if the Republicans somehow gain the House, Joe Biden, because of executive government, if he wins the election, is going to use executive orders, signing statements, executive agreements, all kinds of things to undermine the American political system. This is why if Joe Biden wins, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter long term because executive government is here to stay. It doesn't matter who's there because he's going to be an empty suit. And the powers behind the scenes are going to ensure that whatever the Democrat base wants, they're going to get. Whether it's quote-unquote gun control, which is one of the big things, universal health care, whatever it is, Joe Biden's going to put people in positions and those people are going to rule essentially by decree. This is what executive government brings us. Congress is going to be almost powerless to stop these things. So the real break is going to have to be federalism. The states, people in the states standing up and saying no. Now, because of a more robust 10th Amendment movement in the United States, I could see that happening, um, maybe. But the left generally tends to do things more from the local than the right does. I mean, you look at Virginia and what they're doing. They just passed a bill over the weekend that now says local governments can take down Confederate monuments. The left follows through on their agenda. The right typically doesn't. Would the right be so bold to do something like that? Except on a few issues, they're not going to. So would the right be so bold to try to take over a state government and just tell the central government, Enough. We're not doing what you say. I don't know. But clearly that is the only path forward to thwart executive government, or we're going to have to have some structural changes with constitutional amendments and Article 5 convention, which could be something that could happen. I mean, that could be something out there in the future. Who knows? And I offer several of those, both in my book and, of course, in the class. You know, the, the class is based on my book, so there are some things that I cover in the book that I also cover in the class. But you're going to want that class And I talk about how all of these presidents have violated their oath. And really since George H.W. Bush, maybe even since Ronald Reagan, we've had an unbroken march toward an American king. Donald Trump is a symptom of the disease. So is Barack Obama. 
And I think it's only going to be worse should Joe Biden get in office because of the fact that he's going to be a puppet. And his VP is going to matter. The VP is going to matter because that's the future of the Democrat Party. But I'm going to talk about that right after the break. I'll see you in just a couple of minutes. Let me talk to you for a minute about McClanahan Academy. I know at the beginning of this particular podcast or this video, I talked about McClanahan Academy. But let me go into a little more detail about why I think you should sign up for it and why and why I created it. First, a little bit about me. I have a PhD in American history from the University of South Carolina, and I've taught in the college environment for 20 years. And I've seen college students get worse over time, the curriculum get worse, and students are being indoctrinated more than educated now in our higher education system, whether it's high school or college. So I wanted a counterweight to that. And this is why I created the McClanahan Academy. Now, first, it's always free to enroll at McClanahan Academy. You sign up. It's free. And I give you a free course, 10 Myths of American History, when you do sign up. So it's a great way to get an introduction to what I do. But I've got eight courses for sale there and more forthcoming. All of these courses are designed to give you the non-PC version of American history, to take the red pill, so to speak. And I've got two courses in particular, my U.S. History Survey courses, which are designed for homeschoolers. So if you're a homeschooler and you want a good curriculum, and uh, my family has homeschooled all of our children from the beginning, and you want a solid history curriculum, that's why I designed the United States History 18, to 1865 and 1865 to present. You've got enough material, you've got lesson plans, you've got uh, tests, you've got reading material, you've got reading seminars, you've got 36 weeks, if you take them, buy them both, you've got 36 weeks of material, and it can be used as a high school history curriculum, or if you're just a lifelong learner, you can use it otherwise. But it's a great way to get a real history education devoid of Marxism and progressivism and political correctness. So sign up at mclanahanacademy.com. That's mclanahanacademy.com. Again, always free to enroll, and I'll see you there. All right, we're back talking about Joe Biden, the 2020 election, and the future of American politics. I mentioned before the break that we're going to see executive government, no matter who's in office, right? If it's Donald Trump, Joe Biden, we're going to get executive government. We're going to get executive government for the foreseeable future unless Americans decide they don't want executive government. And I'm not so certain that's going to happen anytime soon. But Joe Biden is going to be an empty suit. And I think that the way that the Democrats are going to position Joe Biden is that he is somehow a moderate. Now, is that true? Is Joe Biden going to be a moderate? This is the this is the playbook for the Democrats. Get your candidate there, portray him as a moderate, and then move left. Now, um, that's how Obama positioned himself in 2008. He's a moderate. Everyone knew that knew anything about Obama, that he was no moderate. Obama was, in many ways, Bernie Sanders. I mean, just a little bit lighter, and this is why Obama's on, on some of the issues in terms of socialism, but this is why Obama has come out in support of Joe Biden. He has said Bernie Sanders is dangerous because Obama knows that all you have to do is say some things and the American electorate will believe you, and then you just move to the left when you get in office. You just move to the left then, because once you're in office, you can do just about anything you want behind the scenes. I mean, Obama was great at clandestine operations and getting what he wanted, whether it was 
you know, the domestic surveillance that he wanted, whether it was drone strikes. He, he didn't have to. I mean, he could talk about being a, I'm for peace, yet I'm going to launch more drone strikes than anyone else. He could do these things, right? Because it didn't matter. He'd get a Nobel Peace Prize just by saying he's for peace because he understands how stupid the world really is when it comes to being infatuated with uh, rhetoric more than anything else. And this is what the major knock on Donald Trump is. He tweets, and he says stupid things. Uh, it's rhetoric that people pay attention to. So Joe Biden's going to, because what the Democrats are going to do, and they're already doing it, they're letting only letting him speak for less than 10 minutes because he can't mess something up in seven minutes or eight minutes. Joe Biden is going to go down as the anti-William Henry Harrison uh, now, when he if he wins and he makes his inaugural address, it's still going to be short, but he's going to have a speechwriter do that. Joe Biden, if he has, a, he has a speech in front of him that he gets to read, he'll be okay. But if you have to speak off the cuff, Joe Biden's in trouble. They're already catering to him in any future debate by making sure that he's behind a desk. He's not standing up. Uh, we have uh, a situation where everything is controlled. This is what they did with Hillary Clinton. They tried to ensure that everything was controlled so that she could easily come out looking good. They made sure that it was controlled about her health issues. We saw, of course, actual footage of Hillary Clinton falling downstairs, struggling to get into a vehicle. Um, she had some serious health problems. Joe Biden is already so showing signs of dementia. And is Joe Biden going to be able to bring, and this is the major question, how they control the message, is he going to be able to bring in the blue-collar workers that the Democrats, at least theoretically, used to want in their campaign. I don't think they care about those people anymore. I mean, Joe Biden has already said, you know, he goes to a factory, he calls a guy out, says he's full of it. He, I mean, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Of course, Joe Biden says things like, you can't have an AR-14. I don't even know what that is, an AR-14. Joe Biden is already slipping. I mean, he's 78 years old. It, when he gets elected or if he gets elected, he would be in his early 80s after one term. We've never had a president that old in American history. And there's a good reason for that. People at that age tend to start slipping. They don't have the same energy. They're, they're just not... It's not that they're, they're great on a lot of things, but they start to slip. And that's hard. I mean, that's, that's hard to realize, hard to recognize, but it's true. And so Joe, this is why Joe Biden is going to be a puppet. So I think Joe Biden is going to pick someone like Stacey Abrams to be his vice president. And then he's going to bring in some of the people like the squad, or at least the people they support, into the cabinet. So what we're going to get with the Joe Biden presidency is, in some ways, a Bernie Sanders presidency without Bernie Sanders being there. This is what the, I mean, look, it's so obvious this is what they're going to do that, I mean, you can predict, anybody could predict this. And what is Joe Biden? Now, Remember, Joe Biden is a guy that back in the 80s could never win anything except senator from Delaware. And there's less than a million people in Delaware. So Joe Biden was able to appeal to uh, a few hundred thousand people to become a U.S. senator in the 1980s, right? And of course, at that time, he was running as kind of a moderate centrist Democrat in a lot of ways. Um, he was running as sort of a Southern Democrat. I mean, this is where, is he going to be able to escape things like when he called uh, former, Southern, <coughs> for the former Southern senators good men? And he did. I mean, he called them that. Is he going to be able to escape that? 
Are the Democrats going to be able to carefully craft the message enough for him to get rid of these gaffes? The gaffes are going to be all over the place. When he gets to an abate, to a, the debate with Donald Trump, which clearly he's going to be the nominee, I'm not so certain Joe Biden can make it through that without making at least half a dozen, if not more, gaffes during the debate. But the media will cover for him. And so this is the question. Are, are the American people, is the American public going to be willing to look past that and see what's really going to happen in the, in the Biden administration? You're going to have a left lurch. Biden used to be called out for lying. Of course, one of the major lies that he often told was that um, his the guy that wrecked ran into his uh, deceased wife's vehicle and killed her was drunk. That's not true at all. He wasn't. It was a real accident. The guy wasn't intoxicated. Uh, but Joe Biden made that up because it sounded better. And of course, the family of the man and that man himself, I mean, vehemently denied this and of course challenged Biden to, and he had to later retract those statements. But he'll still say it every now and then. Well, you know, uh, this happened. Uh, and uh, and he, of course, the mainstream press used to call Joe Biden out for being a liar, for lying about things on the campaign trail, for making stuff up as he went. I don't know if they're going to call him out now. They can't because he's going to be their guy and he's the only shot they have to beat Donald Trump. Uh, other things with Joe Biden is his support for, or I should say, are his, are his attacks on Anita Hill going to mean anything for the Democrats back in the 80s? Is that going to mean anything? Is that going to be something that's going to sink Joe Biden? Um, so... All of the skeletons in Joe Biden's closet. And I think the best comparison I can make to this is, look, we are living in a period where the Democrats are facing a problem like they did maybe in the 1850s. You started seeing a splinter in the Democrat Party in the 1850s, but they nominated people like Franklin Pierce or James Buchanan as unifying candidates. It wasn't just the South, but you also had Northerners who were thinking that, you know, they didn't want, they didn't like the Southern Democrats, Southern Democrats didn't like the Northern candidates, Northern Democrats. So you started seeing this factionalism develop in the Democrat Party, and eventually that led to a great big split in 1860, which let the Republicans win the presidency. Now, I've made the case before in this podcast, the Republicans haven't changed a whole lot. They just try to appeal to the South now, and, the, and, and Southerners have decided they're going to support the Republican Party, for whatever reason. But they're going to support the Republican Party because there really isn't a party for them. There's not really a conservative party in America anymore. But Democrats are facing the same situation. Joe Biden is James Buchanan. Joe Biden is a puppet of the powers behind the party. And he'll get one term. And then who is his vice presidential candidate? If it's Stacey Abrams, that's who's going to be running in 2024 if he wins the nomination. That is the future of the Democrat Party. Or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who I think by 2024, maybe it's 2028, she'll be eligible to be president. I can't remember how old she is right now, but probably 2028. But you're going to see in the next two election cycles a new Democrat Party emerge that's going to be far left. It's going to be a little bit younger. And... Uh, 
it is going to be much more dangerous because what we've done over the last 30 years with executive government, Republicans have been as much behind this as anyone else, any other group. They want executive government. Republicans like executive government because executive government got us Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush and George W. Bush and Donald Trump. I mean, you think about what these people, well, we just won the presidency, we'll be okay. It's going to change the entire system. We're going to be, we're going to be able to do what we want. We just got to control the presidency. This is the election of our lifetime. If we don't win this election, we're doomed because they want executive government. As long as their guy's in office, they don't care about it. They don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about executive restraint. They don't care about any of that stuff. It's all dangerous. So what they've done is established the blueprint, written the blueprint for the Democrats to come in. And this is Obama. This is exactly what Obama did. He took the same powers that Republicans had expanded and he used them. And Joe Biden's going to do the same thing. And more dangerously, the vice president that Joe Biden picks is going to promise to do the same thing. And I'm not so certain that we're going to have a Republican that would be able to beat someone like Stacey Abrams for president. Maybe. But the boomers are dying out. The people that would, you know, the, the voting electorate is going to get younger and our younger people, and when I mean younger, uh, we have a, a smaller generation behind the boomers in terms of numbers. So uh, these people that are saying communism is bad, well, they're going to get smaller in number. And the people that love the Soviet Union, Bernie Sanders stands up and says, real socialism has never been tried in the world. This is the common socialist mantra. We've never tried it. Soviet Union wasn't socialist. China's not socialist. Cuba's not socialist. They're not real socialist. We've never tried real socialism. That is the message that the Democrats are going to start pushing, and it appeals to young people. I mean, because they have no historical anchor, they don't know anything. This is just, oh, yeah, it sounds cool. Bernie Sanders is cool. It's cool to support Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, even though she sounds like someone running for class president rather than anything real. I mean, she's embarrassing. But um, the fact is, this is what appeals to young people in the age of Twitter and everything else. I mean, if you ever go on social media and look at this stuff, it's just embarrassing. But um, I think that's what the carefully crafted image is going to be. Joe Biden says, I'm only going to serve one term, wherever my vice president is, that's going to be the next uh, next president. Uh, he's going to appeal to the left in that way by but he's going to mouth centrist positions so that he can get enough Never Sanders people to support him and enough Never Trump people who just don't want Donald Trump. But is he going to be able to avoid enough gaffes on the campaign trail to make it to where people trust him? And will the conservatives in the media be able to dredge up enough stuff about Joe Biden and all of his gaffes and everything else and portray him as someone who's not all there enough to ensure that he loses? Now, Hillary Clinton has also come out and said, Joe Biden is building the same coalition I had. Well, that's a losing coalition, right? So maybe that's the silver lining. I'm not saying Donald Trump, uh, in terms of executive power, is any better. And in fact, I'm very critical of Donald Trump in this new course that I'm giving you, right? So not giving you, but you can purchase. Um, I'm very critical of Donald Trump for abuse of executive power because executive power is the real issue. If we had, and just my closing pitch, if we had a constitutionally restrained presidency the way the founders designed it, Joe Biden wouldn't matter. Donald Trump wouldn't matter. None of this stuff would matter. We would be looking at a person who would be engaging in foreign policy, which clearly would be you know, a Tulsi Gabbard position on foreign policy. That would be preferable 
to Joe Biden, clearly, but they're not going to even talk about foreign policy. That won't even be brought up because foreign policy doesn't matter unless it's, well, you're going to keep the Russians out of the elections. Somebody brought up a good point on social media. If Mike Bloomberg could spend $600 million and not win the nomination, how can the Russians with a couple hundred thousand dollars swing the election? I mean, this is this is a real question. It's it defies logic. But of course, this is what and this is rhetorically. This is why rhetoric more than anything else matters in the United States. It's why the Republicans continue to use rhetoric to get Southerners to support them, even though their actions don't match what they say they're going to do. It's why Democrats will use rhetoric to get people to support them, even when their actions, while their actions oftentimes they say what they're going to do. But they will try to appeal to the center so that people, oh, well, they're, they're a centrist. Joe Biden's a centrist, so I'm going to support him. I mean, he's he's not going to go in and die. He, su- he says he supports the Second Amendment, so we're going to vote for Joe Biden. Does he really? I mean, I don't think so. Anytime you advocate any federal gun control, you're not supporting the Second Amendment. But the fact is, uh, this is a, a going to be a em- an empty suit presidency with Joe Biden and whoever he selects as his vice president and he brings in the cabinet, that's going to be the ruling. This is going to be very much like William Henry Harrison again. He's the anti-Harrison in terms of speeches, but he is the Harrison candidate in terms of what the Democrats think they're going to be able to do. Harrison, of course, got us John Tyler, which was great. Joe Biden may not make it through. I mean, he, his health, he might have health concerns. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Hopefully the man does. Serves, you know, if he's elected, he serves four years. Um, but again, who the vice president is going to matter. But the cabinet, who Joe Biden selects, is going to be running the show for the Democrats. It's going to be the Whigs of 1840. We're looking at the Democrats of the 1850s, though. I think those are the clearest historical examples I can give you. And so this is why Joe Biden, a Joe Biden candidacy, is really problematic. It also portends the future and what the Democrats are going to be, which is the squad. Will the Bernie bros support Joe Biden? I'm not so certain, but we'll see when we get to 2020 and the election of 2020. But that's it for this episode of the Brian McClanahan Show. I will see you next time. <laughs>